was I talking that much that like the podcast is just like nope. We reached the end of the capacity for the for the app that I use. Maybe it's oh, something that's a, like that's that. Embarrassing. <laughs> no, I it's would... not. It's fantastic. Hello and welcome to Who Gives a Flux, a Doctor Who podcast. My name is Mike and here is part four of my conversation with Ben, who has had the very difficult task to choose an honourable mention story, a dud episode and a stud episode for each of the new Who Doctors. Before we jump into the episode, though, a quick reminder that Ben and I did have some technical difficulties with the recording of this episode, so sometimes the sound quality is a little bit odd, but the conversation is awesome. So let's get to it. In part three, Ben chose episodes for the 11th Doctor, and here is part four, where Ben and I jump into Compaldi's 12th Doctor's era. What's wrong with Scared? Scared is a superpower. It's your superpower. There is a danger in this room, and guess what? It's you. Shall shall we move on to the Capaldi era? We shall. Um... So... Honourable mention for Twelfth Doctor. So I thought I would have had like more episodes to pull from, like for honourable mentions and like studs from Matt Smith, right? And I was like, I was like, I've got to have such a tough time choosing, but I just found myself. I was like, that was really easy with Matt Smith. Oh, that okay. surprised me. Uh, like, yeah, because I was like. Like he's my favourite doctor and I'll always run and I'm looking none of the episodes are like really standing out. I was like, Oh well, that one obviously but then I I realised like when I watched Matt Smith, I was like, I can watch it from beginning to end and it'd be perfect for me. Right. Even okay. if the dud's in there, like so like I know that I enjoy watching that as a complete thing. Okay. But so when I came to Peter Capaldi, I thought I was like, There's gonna be like this'll be easy to pick one or two because I can't be that many but I'm like, No, actually like there was like a lot that I really love, like, I love Knock Knock. I think it's a mm-hmm. brilliant episode. I love, like, most episodes with Bill. Um, so it became, and I was like, so it became difficult for me to, so, like, pull out one that I thought stood above the rest. So, like, my honourable mentions, like, really boiled down to what one stood out for, like, different reasons. So, for first, or well, my honourable mention is going to be Heaven Sent. Okay. That's the right one. That's the, the castle. Yes. Puzzle box. Like, I, like, it's just, it's one of those episodes, and it's like a few, I've already spoken about it. It's like, it's, there's nothing else like it in Doctor Who. Like, it's so its own thing. Like, you just, you don't know what's going on. I think I pegged what was going on quite quickly. Okay. When, it, when we first watched it, like, um, I was like, ah, yes, I know where we are. I know what's happening. Uh, like, quite quickly into it. Uh, Gary and I have this thing, if we figure out a twist before it happens, we won't tell each other that what the twist is, we'll just go, he killed his wife. Because we were watching a TV show once, and in the first 40 seconds, I just turned around to Gary and said, he killed his wife. Because <laughs> I pretty much figured out that this Ah, uh, you spoiled it. <laughs> to be fair, it was something that Gary had um, seen before. But okay. Like, how, how do you how? Like, yeah. Like hundred percent, like he. So whenever we figure something out, we'll just go. He killed, he killed his wife. Like, yeah. Okay. So that like quite quickly into this episode, I was like, he killed his wife. But even though I'd figured out like what was happening, I was like, it did not like take away from my enjoyment. 
from it because it is one of those things like the doctor's in an environment that he's unfamiliar with and it's just him and this thing that's coming to get him and the entire episode's him trying to figure things out because that's one of those few situations where the doctor yeah, gets involved in that he has n no idea what's going on like regardless yeah. of wherever like every other story even though he might not know what's happening there and then there's always you can always pull up his knowledge into that situation and go from there but like he has nothing to go on here and just watching him try to figure things out like how long it takes to get from one place to the other how long do, till this thing catches up with him like i just like it's just brilliant to watch because you're like you feel like you're in there and discovering things along with him you never feel like he's ahead of you until the end like when he's figured it out but like you never yeah like he's got one up on you like yeah it's all i just there's just and it's creepy and it's like a puzzle box and it'd be a brilliant video game if you were playing it like yourself try to fix oh it would it. yeah it was just yeah like this i it's it's pretty much flawless for me like it's fantastic i mean i, I you're right the lack of context for the doctor is really important uh -huh. When we the first time we see him, which obviously isn't the first time that he's been there, we we are joining the story part way through. Uh -huh. Well, that, yeah, that's it. Like that, that, this has already been repeated like however many times, but we yes it from this one version of the Doctor that it's happening to. Yes. Um. But I like it was just there's nothing else like it, and I love episodes like that because yeah. I think when the first came, Doctor Who first came back, Russell T Davies was like, "You could do anything in this format. Like it's, it knows no bounds. Like there is nothing that you can't do, and you can be as, as experimental as you want." But I never felt that Russell T Davies ever really pushed the envelope, like too beyond the means, like of Doctor Who. Like I know we spoke about like Blink, but like that's still a Doctor Who episode. Yes. That still exists in the Doctor Who universe. Everything yes. makes sense within Doctor Who. And the same with Midnight. Brilliant episode. But again, like it's still a very Doctor Who episode. Whereas this did not feel like an episode of Doctor Who. This felt like something else. Like something, mm. I don't know, special. Mm. Like I know like a lot of people love it and a lot of people don't really like it. But like yeah, like I love Heaven Sent. Mm. It's just, aye, it's, it's up there for me. Like, and like overall, like, Doctor Who overall. Oh. Doctor's like, I love it. And it's it's so it. good. He is, and he's amazing. I don't know if it would have worked with any other Doctor either. Because he's so captivating in it. I don't know like, if I could watch Matt Smith do that for like an hour, or David Tennant do that for an hour. Or... No, I wouldn't want to. You're like, saying it, and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. nope. Like, <laughs> this is a perfect, like, yeah, this is a perfect uh, episode. I tell you what, though. I think I might have enjoyed watching Christopher Eccleston do it. Yeah, because there's that like gravitas element mm. he could have like brought to it, like yeah, and take out the funny, and you're left with like a serious actor. Although mm. like even then, like Pierre Cavalli's still really funny. And he is, yes, like, yes. He plays it so well, um, and yeah, like love it. Like I don't think I've got anything. No, negative the, to say about it's. It. It's fascinating, and the direction as well. Um, you know, there's a uh -huh. reason Rachel Talalay is back all the time, and she's just this episode is just oh, it's ideal, it's ideal, it's just it's fantastic. Again, it wouldn't necessarily be one you could give to somebody and be like, This is what Doctor Who is like, 
but context, though, because you need to know that character for you do like, you do invest a wee bit yes and and the and the the conclusion you know it's 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 a very different slow boil of an episode and it's got a very different pace it's, it's, a, it's a weird one as a it works as a standalone episode but again you could just show it to somebody new but also no it fits right into that whole over plot when it comes to what's happening with the Doctor and Clara and stuff like that. So it's like, it's a bit of an oddity in that. It's a standalone, but it actually fits perfectly into the overall, like, story. Yeah. Arc. yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome. It's fantastic. Yeah. What a great honourable mention. Oh, it's a great honourable mention. Yeah. Oof. So, when it came to choosing your dad, then, was that... Another one, like, I had a couple of false starts. And oh. Like, so I started with, like, I didn't, I remember not liking The Caretaker, and the last time I watched through Capaldi, I remember skipping The Caretaker, because right. I didn't want to watch it, and then I tried to watch it, I was like, it, it opened up quite strongly, and then it got to a point, I was like, I don't want to watch this, so I skipped it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember not enjoying the Zygon invasion inversion at the time, but I think a lot of that season, I was a bit meh with because i didn't like the two parters like like i said like oh, okay because something can be one episode it should be one episode and i felt like a lot of them could be like i like the idea like maybe like extending stories to like become more involved in what's actually happening i really love the opening dalek one like i thought that was a yeah. strong two-parter and then it went to the, like the base under under siege under the water one yeah like, that was middling for me and then when it started to go on i was just like like that the girl who lived oh, was like yeah i was just like oh i am not enjoying this and then yeah um and then we went back to the zygon one so I, like i started watching it again because i was like I, one of the things i didn't like was osgood coming back which i know okay. could be controversial but i just like she had such a good death like in written out because like i love that for her character which sounds rotten because like it's a great character but the whole she was written out like she idolized the doctor and he was her hero and she loved him and like obviously she was a bit of a fangirl for him yes yes Um, and then when like at the end of the day he didn't save her like she was killed i was like that's a really sort of dark tragic yeah horrible ending and i just yeah and I said this before. I don't like bringing people back when I feel like they've had the perfect departure, and yeah. I felt like this happened with her. Like I know, like it's alternate versions, the Zygons and stuff like that. So I don't know. Like my first time around, I was like, maybe that was playing too much, and it was like it was more recent as well that she'd been like written out. So I'm just like, do we really need to see her back? But then I I'm with you. It. So I started watching. It, I was like. Do you know what? I feel like I need to actually sit down and watch this before I get into it. Like, actual... decide. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I've gone for one that I just felt is a really weak episode. And, I'm, like, it's not even, I don't even want to say it's, like, like a proper dud. It's just, like, really meh. And that would be the Empress of Mars. Okay. Um, because there's lots of elements in it that I quite enjoy I, I this is going back to like nightmare and so or like there's good elements i just don't think they gel very well together and i was watching it and i'm just like this is 
this is people in rubber monster suits talking to people in rubber monster suits and hissing. Yeah. It's just like it all just comes across as a bit naff. Like I think a lot of the time, like New Doctor Who steers away from that like rubber monster suit, like like uh, cliche that the old show had. I think you're right. It's, it stepped away from that intentionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and the Ice Warriors, I feel, worked really well in Cold War. But then there was only one of them against, like, the crew of the submarine and the Doctor, whereas this is a batch of them and they're talking to each other and you're just like, it just, also, I don't know, it just, it just doesn't connect. And I'm a wee bit like, oh, that's a bit cringy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, it doesn't quite, it's just I didn't enjoy it, and like they write uh, Nardo into it as a companion, only to send him away again for the majority of the episode, just to bring Missy back at the end. And I'm just like, what was the point? <laughs> like, yeah, it does that really weird thing, doesn't it, where the TARDIS just disappears, and you're like, uh, what? Like, yeah, I feel like that could have happened without Nardo being there, and then it had just seen the TARDIS come back and be like, what's happening? And then everything else plays out the same. Would have made more sense. I like that idea. Because I feel like Nardo's alright as a character for me, but I feel he's a wee bit too intrusive in the relationship between the Doctor and Bill. Like I feel like a lot of the episodes would have worked better. And I, I, like I think in New Who especially, I was like I think the best hardest team is the Doctor and a companion. And I think like okay. like throwing in like a companion like mid season through like Rory or even Adam I guess for a couple of episodes it works like quite well, but I just. Think there needs to be a better establishment of like the Doctor and the Companion. I just felt like because Nardo was always sort of there. Like I don't know. Like so that annoyed me because I was like, oh, Nardo's here. Like <laughs> like already. But yeah, like I don't know. Like the bad guys are the bad guys. If you know what I mean. Like there's no yeah. guys, and like you know which like that guy is a dickhead of a soldier. So you know that he's yes. be the antagonist. Yes. Like and even try to give like the guy a bit of a. Um, like a backstory because they try to hang him and stuff like that. That's right. Yes. Like nothing, like nothing really gelled with me, like with it, and I was just like, nah. So again, like it's not like a dreadful episode. It's just a bit meh. And it's one of those. Ones... I suppose it's one if you're if you're thinking I don't need to watch that because I don't gain anything from it. There's nothing. There's nothing part of the ongoing story that I need to uh-huh. see. There, it's it's there's no I'm not engaged in the characters and it's not because it's absolutely awful shockingly bad television, but it's about your your connection with it and uh-huh. if you've got no connection you could quite easily just skip. Oh, uh-huh. like well, that's the thing is like these are the sort of episodes that I gravitate towards because it's a self-contained story. Yes, it's like it's like Victorian folk on the moon. We ice warriors. This should be brilliant to me. Like I should be like loving this, but it just doesn't connect. The ending's no. different, like like because Michelle Gomez is busy is just like phenomenal. Yeah, and that whole interaction of the TARDIS, like it's almost worth the episode itself. But I'm like that could have been tacked on to any episode. To be fair, yes, it's just how yes. she's acting, and you never really know like what she's thinking. Oh, like. It's brilliant, but I feel like that was written by somebody else. I think that was maybe Stephen Moffat that had written that scene, and it's obviously just been tacked on as and added it on. Yeah, nothing about it vibes with the rest of the. It just doesn't connect to anything. If I'm right, that is the scene where she asks him if he's okay, and she means it. 
That's yeah. right, isn't it? Uh-huh. And he's and he's like, "Whoa, you sold me!" <laughs> <laughs> what? I want to believe that you're asking me genuinely if you care that I'm okay. Like, obviously, she's come in and like saved the day. She's got like the TARDIS or whatever. Like, like Casnado's asked her, and it's just it's. I don't know. There's just something the way that she looks at him. She's like, yeah. I just you just can't read her, and it's brilliant like yeah but apart from that like everything else is just so forgettable and plain oh, i will say though like the way that the ice warriors kill the the soldiers is like grotesque and oh they crumple up don't they oh, yeah, yeah that's vile oh i was like that's brilliant like yeah yeah like, apart from that like there's nothing oh and the whole like bill only talking and um like film references i do like what the doctor says, like when he that pays off with his punchline about Frozen, that's the film, like you know, that's yes, funny. but yes, every like all the way she's talking is just like this feels so forced and unnatural. And it's like this is like a middle aged man writing for like young people who's never actually mm. spent any time around the mm. young people, like, yeah, it's funny with Mark Gaddis, isn't it? Sometimes he really does actually get it right, and other times. If you feel a bit like, because hmm, I know he fought, he fought for this episode. He wanted to bring the Ice Warriors back again, and he was like, "Stephen, you're leaving. This is going to be my last foray into the into the into writing the show because I'm going to go as well. Uh-huh. Like, can 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 I can I do that Ice Warrior one that I've been pestering you about for years? And so he's like, "Oh, go on then." Kind of like that. That's that's kind of the backstory of this. And I, so I, obviously, you know me, I'm still kind of working my way through Classic Who, and I am yet to see uh, the Ice Warriors in Classic Who. I haven't gone there yet. They are, their episodes aren't that great, to be honest. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard. But I've got, I've, I quite like Cold War. Oh, um, and actually, I'm going to be doing a commentary on Joe's um, podcast, Hamster with a Blunt Pen Life, soon about that. And he's like, I am fascinated to know why you've chosen Cold War. And I'm like, well, because it's got a lot of good stuff in it. You know, I love The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh I love that film. And the idea of finding an ice warrior in the ice and the submarine has brought it on board and then it gets out. I'm like, I'm fucking terrified. That's a film concept. um, But it's the same, like, it works better. It's the same format as like, you know, it's these soldiers, like in a confined space, and there's an ice warrior. But again, like you know how the bad soldiers are in Cold War, you know the good ones are. But, like, yes. David Warren, yes. Like kicking about, listen to like, eighties electro. Yes, he's got a Walkman, like, isn't he? Like, yeah. It's like it's funny, and it's a there's more charm to that. But even then, yeah, like, it's falling into the whole like the hissing monster sort of thing, like. But yeah, it works so much better as a concept than it does here. This just seems like a cheap rehash, which kind of what happened to the Ace Warriors, like in the original run. And see, that's a shame. I kind of want this is in in my in my few dream for future Doctor Who. What I I love what Chibnall did with the Sontarans. We'll get there soon. I, I want someone to come and do the Ice Warriors. Oh. Like I want to see them. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like I feel like, yeah, we've not had the like, I, we've not had that Dalek episode, but like Dalek, where like a monster gets reintroduced. You're like, this is perfect. Like, yes, because I didn't like the reintroduction of the Cybermen, but I've liked 
seen them in some episodes over others, right enough. <laughs> but yes, yes. But uh, like, so I don't think the Cybermen have had that episode. And I suppose uh, is it World in Time enough? Like, I, I like yes. that Cyberman. That's yes, a brilliant yes. Cyberman story. It is. Like, it is. Take that back. Like those that too far. Brilliant. Yes. Yeah. But like, we've not had that for the. The ice warriors. We need yeah. we need somebody to sort of come in and reinvent them and reinvent everything that was a bit hokey about yeah. them and make it scary. Like, yes, I'm I'm longing for that. And correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first time we've seen a female ice warrior, uh-huh. right? So that was quite cool. Yeah, the design we've seen that like that helmet shape. There's been a similar design for, but they've always usually been uh, they have always been male, like right ice warriors, like right big bad men. And yes, so it was good seeing like a. And I'd like to see something more. I don't know, like I don't want like a cyber queen or anything, or like a queen of the Daleks. But I'd like to see more like female baddies because they work so well in Doctor Who. Like they do, they really, really do. I, I, but yeah, I get what you're saying about this episode. It is, it is, it is a dud for all the reasons you've said. But it doesn't necessarily make it one. I wouldn't necessarily skip it. I think I probably would watch it if I was watching a season ten rewatch, for example. Uh-huh. But I, but I, I do get it. It doesn't have much about it that you can take with you on your to your next episode. If you know what I mean. It's just like you don't get that. Like when you get a standalone episode, you're like, yes, this is brilliant. You just don't get that. And there's a yeah. lot of episodes that are like that, but I don't know why. That's just sort of like stuck out. It stuck out. Or yeah, maybe, makes uh, sense. Like, um, mm-hmm. so I, so that was my, my meh, as opposed to that was your meh. Yeah, meh. fair enough. Like, so what then on earth? Where have you gone for the stud of the Capaldi era? I, well, I don't even think this would like. I thought this would have been quite obvious in a lot of people's, but maybe I'm wrong. But listen, like I love listen. Like it's probably in my top three Doctor Who stories of New Who. But nice. I've not really heard anybody like talk about it. Like. Like on your podcast, like no, it hasn't come up yet. Come up, and I was like, I'm so surprised because I'm just like, um, like I just think it's brilliant. Like I love it. Like I think it's so good. Like, and it's one of those concepts as well. I was like, in midnight, you knew there was a monster. You knew there was something that was trying to get in, and I love that this is just so unresolved at the end. Like, is it like something or is it not? Is it just the doctor's imagination? Is like what's happening? Like you don't know, and I love never figuring out like we don't need a sequel to it it's perfectly contained it exists and it's on on we bubble and the performances are brilliant and it's scary the fact that there's no actual like they're not saying there's a monster or not or there's a thing but you're just it's it's terrifying yeah um, and it's like it's just like the doctor's left like his own devices and he's Maybe it's just like paranoia for this part. Like, well, there must be something coming to get me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, because there usually is. Yeah. <laughs> so just said, like, like, oh, like Clara's away on a date. I'm bored. There must be something surely coming to get me. Like, so that's just everything. Like about it is, I don't know. Like, I'll go back to this and I watch this on its own. There's a few episodes that I like to go back to and just watch in isolation. Um, and this is definitely one of them. And I remember watching it. Like at the time it came out, and I was just like, "Yes!" I was like, "This is brilliant, Doctor Who." And I was like, kind of hoping, I was like, "I want," obviously not that same story, but I was like, "I want Doctor Who to be as good as this." Oh yeah, time. like yeah, 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 yeah. 
I think it's so early on as well in Capaldi's run, and it's a really, really strong character episode for him as well. Um, yeah, love it. Like, yeah, it's fascinating because it plays with like the time travel, you know, uh-huh. stuff as well as having a monster that is or isn't there. That's quite scary, especially as you know, as a child, because there's a child in this, isn't it? The young yeah. Danny Pink. Um, that's creepy, you know. Oh, and 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 then that accidental imprinting and impacting on somebody it, it, with the time travel elements, which they do with Danny, you know, with the little yeah. soldier, and then Clara then does at the end with the doctor by grabbing his foot from under the bed. That is just like that is stunning because as soon as she does it, she realizes, like yes, it's like she it just clicks, it clicks. At the same time, it clicks for her and it clicks for you. Like, like watching it, it was just like it's in sync, and it just becomes this thing. And then everything that follows, when I mean, you find out what she says to him and stuff, it's just beautiful. Like she's really, really like good. And that, and then when she's telling the doctor not to look where they've been and stuff like, there's just I. And again, like for something that's never like, is there a monster? Is there not a monster? What's going on? Like, there's so much like tension and atmosphere and also just like you actually feel like something's at stake without ever actually like explaining what those stakes are you're just like what's happening and like when she's with the young Danny Pink as well and they get under the bed and she's like see there's nothing under here like you can't be scared of anything that's under the bed, Not under under the bed. and then yeah. all of a sudden something presses down sits the on the bed <laughs> fucking hell what <laughs> what <laughs> It's so uh, good, and again, like it could just be like one of the other kids just being a wee dick, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's so good, like it's brilliant. I just and it's also got that kind of um the the romance and like the rom com yeah kind of uh-huh, bit, like... and the fact that she goes back to try and redo the date that went so badly. It's a it's a lot of fun. That's the thing as well. The way it opens, you're never really sure where it's going to go, like. Like, cause this is a funny, like, oh, this is like a funny bit between like Clara and Danny. You don't know where the episode is going, and you don't no. know what's going to happen because it's not like, and again, like with the next week on Doctor Who, like you're not putting like a Dalek into the trailer, or a Cyberman, or a big scary monster. You don't know, like, yeah, you know, it's just and not knowing is scary, is scarier than thinking it is. What it is. Like, it uh, is. Like, cause if it was they pulled that blanket back and it was a nice worry, you'd be like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would, you would, and I also really enjoy as well that um, from from this from season eight, there is a conscious effort I think to give Clara um, some really interesting character traits that perhaps yeah. we did that we didn't see in seven B because she was supposed to be the mystery. Oh. So she's quite, I don't want to say generic in season seven, but she's she's sort of she's playing a certain role that. Is that is self-contained in this one? She's got more to her as a person. Yes, I I think like I think her development's brilliant. I think she stayed on too long, right? Okay. Like, uh, I feel for me like they should shake things up every like other season. So yeah, it worked really well. Like Russell T Davies done it well. So you had the Ninth Doctor and Rose. Ninth Doctor leaves, so he keep Rose. And then move on to Ten Doctor, and then after a season, Rose leaves, and then after a season, Martha leaves. So I think that works if you're constantly changing the dynamic. Yeah, I think, and the dynamic change between Seven, or like the 
second half of season seven and obviously season eight because you had a bit it really did yeah but like they stretched out because it was really interesting because Clara started to become cold because she was like when the doctor says am I a good man and I know a lot of people have issues with like the doctor being like morally like flexible I guess like not Mm -hmm. sure where he is but that Mm -hmm. works for me because there's a payoff for that because like he's not sure who he is but then he starts to see how Clara sees him and that becomes negative because like she's like the doctor would lie <laughs> like you know yeah she starts to take yeah. traits of the doctor and he doesn't like the traits that he's seeing in her and it's almost like after that point he's making a conscious conscious effort not to be that so like I think it's fascinating and I think it, it's in there and it's not just like speculation I think it's very clearly like how it's written and set up and I love that um but I just like, I think her staying on for the season after that was a bit much because I think I think Jenna Coleman feels that everybody hated her by the end. I didn't hate her for like by any means, but I no. feel like she could have left earlier. I think everybody says last Christmas would have been a fantastic ending for her, and it would have been. Yeah, I think that um, I, I'm I'm in I'm in two minds to this because the more I'm watching Clara's story, the more I'm loving it. It's one of those oh. weird things that I keep on kind of going back to rewatch and 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 I'm thoroughly enjoying her story. Um, and I like her in season nine, but I wonder if perhaps her her departure in Face the Raven could have come earlier on in the season, perhaps so she would have had a kind of half of season seven, a whole of season eight and half of season nine. That could have been quite a nice time for her. We would have got more Bill <laughs> from there on, oh. which I'm all for. And it would have felt like a nice and just, just a, a nice ending because she is good in season nine and, and you know she's she's running away from her grief yeah uh, she's she works really well but I, there is that element like did she upstairs will but i enjoy watching her i think she is yeah good, and i'm nothing against the character and I, no but i just feel like to keep doctor fresh and i felt like especially because i think season nine's like a weak season for me i feel like like a new companion maybe would have Change things up. I see what you. I see what you mean. Yes. Oh, like I just felt like this is more the same, and it's the two parters, and I'm just like, and then it's like it's a three parter at the end. I'm just like, I'm not getting enough like who here. Yes. But I think yes. if they'd written her out as an old woman at the end of last Christmas, it would have been lovely. Yeah. But also like, like if the Doctor and Old Clara go off in the TARDIS together, like, and then they just had adventures until she wasn't there anymore. Like, and then yeah. the doctor comes back with a new companion, or no companion, and you know that Clara's died as an yeah. elderly woman, but you never know the, the like, details. How, uh, how far yeah. their, their story went after that, because she could have yeah. lived for like a decade after that. I think that would have been beautiful. It would have been it would. like lovely, like rounding it off. And I know yeah, they, it they, like, they begged her to stay, didn't they? Capaldi and Moffat. I think she yeah. was going to leave, and they were like, no, just stay. But, um, but I also like this idea of um, because I I right, so I I'm going to contradict myself completely right. in this next <laughs> sentence right because I I enjoy the fact that her addiction to traveling with the Doctor m- caused her demise in Face the Raven. I think that is really really uh-huh. good and it's a just consequence for what happened. I didn't want her to die, but. It the and the, and the and how powerful it was for her to walk out and face her fate like that was just beautiful. 
and emotional and horrible. And the fact oh. that the music comes comes in and you can't hear her scream, but you can see her scream, it's chilling and, and it's just it's marvelously done. And I love that. And that should have been her end. Obviously, we all get then heaven sent and hell bent, and heaven sent is a perfect response to that end to that character. And I think, like, so just throw that out there because, like, for heaven sent, like, how how would you feel if that had ended, and then like, had that just been the doctor dealing with the grief of losing Clara yeah. and not yeah. being able to save her in the end? Yeah, I think that would have been. Even more powerful. Moffat has this thing about like getting rid of companions, but not quite letting them go. Because the same thing happens to Bill. Like it's a problem. It's a big problem. Um, because I don't like then the fact that he does what he does in the next episode and he brings her back. Uh Because I I just think that kind of like cheapens what has happened. And I I'm not a huge lover of the fact that she goes off traveling the universe with me. It's not my favorite thing at all. But. There is that beautiful scene in the cloisters where she, he is like scrambling to get out uh-huh. and she turns to the um, other Time Lords and the, the Sisterhood of Khan and it's like, how long was he in there? Like, uh-huh. doing that for me. And that moment, I think, is just stunning. Like, and it thuds in your chest. You're just... Oh, it really does. And and that moment, I don't want to be without that moment. You see, that's my problem. I, there's a lot of the rest of that episode I'm not hugely fussed on, but I don't want to be without that moment. The thing is, we can't change it, so we've got what we've got. I know. I know. Like I, but I know I'm with you. Like there are some really good moments, but I'm just like, but yeah, like at what cost do they come? Because again, at what like, cost? I, yeah. I, I yeah. Just do not like add. Season nine's such a weak season yeah. for me, and I feel like Stephen Moffat like wrote himself rounds and circles with some things because he was like it was fine to begin with, like making clever stories, but then it came to a point where I was like he was trying to be clever as opposed to just like naturally yeah. let it happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think he was spread far too thin because he was like doing like a million things at once while making Doctor Who, and I don't think. Oh, that... he was the hot property, wasn't he, at that time? That did not help like the no. show at all no like, but which is why it's really important that he did get to do episodes like listen yes. and like come in and uh-huh. do like a mid-series one-off what he was like praised for uh-huh. doing during the russell t davis era just to this, he still do that like, he still got uh-huh. that this is where he, this is where he's really excelling because um, listen's fantastic but yes i i love listen and it's, it's obviously it's my stud and again i yeah. don't mind uh a morally wonky doctor because it pays off here because there's consequences for it be him not knowing like what kind of man he is. Um, yeah. I and again, absolutely, like he's, he's been a bit of a bastard throughout his entire life, so it, it makes sense. Like <laughs> he goes back to being yeah, other times. Like, yeah. So I like, I'll, but let's. I listen. It's it's perfect. I don't think there's anything in it that I could pick apart as being bad. That's great. It's really again good. probably in my top three um, Doctor Who stories of all time. Ever. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> good choice. Very, very good choice. And in part five, Ben and I continue, or should I say, conclude our chat, and we get to hear which episode he has chosen for the thirteenth Doctor. In the meantime, you can follow Ben on social media with the links in the show notes, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at WhoFluxPod. 
Thank you very much for listening. Please like and subscribe. And if you'd be so kind as to drop a little review, that would be fab because it'll help other podcast listeners to find who gives a flux. And of course, if you want to be a part of the conversation or if you want to join me for an episode, you can send me a voice note or a text message or an email, whatever you want. All the information is in my show notes. Come on, press send. Let's talk about Doctor Who. Thank you.